So I've been reading through Chronicles lately, um, as well as the Book of Acts, and it's really interesting to see, you know, the first church uh, and their reaction and the things that happened, you know, when the Spirit of God fell upon them, the way that they moved in power and the way God impacted them. And then you look in the Old Testament and you see similar outworkings. The Spirit of God falls on a, on a, you know, on a prophet and then they go and speak to a king they boldness comes and, and then a whole nation turns around and all of this jazz and then you see the flip side a second later they forget and they fall back down again and then god has to send another one and raise up another person and uh and i was thinking man that is such an in indicator of our lives most of the time you know physically and mentally we can rely on our frailty we forget what God has done. It's so easily, right? I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. And you're like, man, Lord, how, how do I stay away from being in that way? And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, <clears throat> I find it quite interesting because it's about King Azaria, uh, Azaria. I think that's why it's called King Asa. Um, and he's been given instruction in chapter 15 um, which basically converts his heart he gets rid of all the idols I'm not going to read the whole chapter and uh, he's convicted <clears throat> and he casts out all the idols the worshippers his, uh, his own wife's mom I think his grandma who was appointed as queen he dethrones because she set up an Asherah goddess and all of this jazz so in verse 15, it talks about his covenant renewal and the celebration of them coming back to the Lord and the blessing that it entailed, right? In chapter 15, sorry. And a verses that stood out to me while I was reading them, um, because this is again at the beginning of verse 15. Here we go, actually. This is Azaria's call to revival. Azaria is God's prophet. Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Odeb, right? Acts chapter 2, the Spirit came. They were empowered, they were emboldened, they spoke. And you know, and so he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Talk about, you know, the king is, you know, you imagine when you come back from work or you've just come in and somebody just talks to you or asks for things right away or instructs you and you're tired, what's your normal reaction going to be, you know, or can be? If you're tired, you can be like, you snap back, or you're like, not right now, you know, or with kids, you know, they'll jump, and you have to find a way. The one that's coming back from battle has to find that. And, you know, so king, this, this prophet, Azaria, goes to the king and says this, listen to me, Asa. This is the king. He addresses him like, yo, hey, stand to attention. I know you've just come off the battle, king, but stand to attention. He shouted. I mean, the spirit of God comes. And then he says, listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. So he starts to express God's heart to the king. You know, he says, yeah. God's going to be with you, but you need to be for him and with him as well. 
It's not just a one-way street here, my friend. God gave you his all. He requires your all. And I just, you know, when you look at this, you think, man, okay. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. I mean, imagine saying that to the king, right? Who just came off the battlefield. He may have had a headache, probably, muscle ache, joint pains. He's angry, might have lost some friends. He's sorrowful. And yet, when the Spirit of God came upon the man of God, he, he spoke with boldness. The resulting thing of that is that when Asa heard this message from Azariah, the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land. In, in, chapter, in verse 8. And you're like, wow. So, you know, the prophet speaks, you know, and, and gives him his directives of what God is saying with boldness. And the resulting thing is the king repents and he removes all the detestable idols. You know, and he repaired the altar of the Lord which stood in front of the entry room of the temple's house. So he restores the temple back. You know, so that act of boldness brought um, the covenant blessing back onto his land. Okay? So that's chapter 50. Um, and <clears throat> you go into chapter 16 and I find this interesting this is the end it kind of summarizes his reign and it's about running the race to the end because he started off well in verse 15 and I, f I find it unique um, that again another seer came to him because basically King Asa relied on his own abilities and on mankind. The story basically goes like this. Um, he makes a treaty um, with the Syrian king, right? And says, hey, let's make an agreement um, to break your treaty with another enemy so that he will leave me alone. And he starts to find things in his own strength. He starts to maneuver things by his own will. Does that sound familiar in our lives? Mm. You know, we in some of the most dangerous times we can find that it's just after a victory. Mm. You know, I'm reminded again of King David. He comes off the battlefield and he falls. Bathsheba, he gets off his horse and he falls apart. You know, here he starts to rely on his own ability. He kind of gets on his own high horse and starts to make his own plans. And again, the Lord raises up another person, a seer, and said, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of the Lord your God, you miss your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. So there was more to be had in his life, but yet because he took things in his own strength and relied on it, he lost the next set of battles. You know, and then the, the seer reminds him, don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans? This is in verse 8 of chapter 16. When all their chariots and all their seers, at that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 
What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. Man, we got to finish the race well. It's not about how we start. It's about how we continue. You know, and one of the biggest problems that all of us will face is our flesh. Relying on our own ability. And that can come in times of strength and in times of weakness. I could make my weakness my excuse to complain to the Lord. You know, but what does that really say? I'm still relying on myself, my weakness. I'm making that my excuse when God says, no, I made you a new creation. You're free from that. You're more than a conqueror. But actually, you've relied on your own strength, and God sends these warnings. Um, and basically, he turned his heart. He got so angry um, with Han Hanani um, for saying this. <coughs> so we got to be aware that our hearts don't get proud. You know, if somebody gives us correction, what's our first reaction? Defensive. Like a trapped animal in the corner of a room, gnashing out right away and snarling and close-minded and angry. Is that a good thing? Because we can all suffer that. No. You see, Asa sh showed his heart by the way he responded to the word of the Lord. Even though he was reminded, do you remember when you trusted the Lord? Do you remember when you let go of your most biggest idol, which was yourselves? And you relied on the Lord. He handed the enemies over to you. And now you're going to be at war. You were meant to win even more at the end of your race. At the end of his reign, 41 year, 41st year of his reign, he was buried. He was dead. And he never, and what's scary here is he, he developed a disease. He got into this total messed up physique, his body. Um, yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help but turned only to his physicians. Stubbornness, because we're not humble. We become stubborn when we're not humble. And then we just get gahi, our heads are like rocks, right? It just won't go in and then our hearts become unmalleable. And this is what happened to him. And I thought, yeah, we've got to be so aware because we've been filled with the spirit of God. We've been given the promise of God. And we can't make these things in our hearts lord over what god has said it says the eyes of the lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him so you may feel weak at times but god is looking to strengthen you so long as you don't have a hard heart you know whose hearts are fully committed why does he highlight the heart not whose heads are fully committed not whose muscles are fully committed not whose skills are fully committed look at the world today we can make an excuse for godliness by being godly doing god things god's like i'm not interested in that i'm interested in your heart i will strengthen you my eyes are searching for those with a committed heart you know and <clears throat> so are we like that or is there a warning that our hearts could be like that if God has spoken something are we responding in a manner that's angry negative when we hear the word of God spoken to us or somebody remind us remember that God said remember when 
Or you get angry and throw that guy into prison and put him in stocks? That's what this dude did. He was the king after all. But yet another man of God gets up there and says, hey, gets in his face. Listen with a bold voice. When somebody speaks to you with boldness, <coughs> i.e. authority, <clears throat> how do we respond? You know, because it's God's heart to us and it's like, wow. I just felt like, <clears throat> you know, in the midst of our journey as a team there are so many battles and so many fronts going on and we can either rely on our strength or we can make an excuse with our weaknesses but God says well, how's your heart you can be tired absolutely I'm not talking about walking around like you're Super Mario and Luigi always bouncing and smacking bricks above the top of your head and never getting tired and, you know God doesn't call us to be stupid he calls, he calls us to be wise and understand, you know, in season and out of season, regardless of what it is, our hearts are what's important. His eyes are looking for our hearts. How do we respond to his gentle small? You know, he brought the, the guys came to give him another chance. Why did God send another one? Because God is like, I want you to inherit what I have planned for you. God's plan for Asa, King Asa, wasn't for him to die with all of those diseases and be alone because he still didn't seek the Lord We're, they're basically saying his heart got so hard even though he experienced amazing things from the Lord it's a warning that we should be like King David that comes back with a repentant heart that comes back with a humble heart and says am I willing to be humble to my brothers and sisters am I willing to be humbled you know when my, my brothers and sisters are watching my life and they see something is my first thing is to go, well, I'll give you my 10-point system and reason why that's okay. It's like disciplining a child. When I discipline my children at times, boy, I'm trying to explain something and they come back with the rhetorical that's like, I'm like, dude, you're still making excuses. And that's not solving anything. And we do the same to our Heavenly Father. But God, but this... And then that happened, and then they did this, and she did that. I was like, really? You know, we think, well, I'm weak. It's like, no, you're relying on your own strength, your ability to try to fix that. You're trying to tell God how to do it. God says, I've made it clear to you. In the, in the beginning, God said, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with Him. Have you left God in your heart? Have you left Him and gone to your own? You see how it starts? Whenever you seek Him, you'll find Him. But if you abandon Him, did you abandon Him in this moment, my friend? Just because the times got hard. Or you saw an opportunity and you took God out of the equation and did it yourself. And He made a treaty, didn't He? And He thought, hey, that's pretty cool. I made it work. And God's like, no, that's not cool. I told you, don't leave me. Don't abandon me. I want your heart, you know, and you relied on your own ability. And I want to spin that and say, in our inability, we can rely on that, make an excuse for it. Well, I've always been like this. It's hereditary. You know, I'm bald because my dad is bald. So that's why I feel so bald. <laughs> Right? And it's as dumb as that is, it's really how we can be. Well, I came out of a broken family. And so I can't be 
a good wife or a good husband, a good brother or a good sister. I was never shown how to be like that. Well, I never got those perks when I was your age. It's like, well, what perks are you talking about? God said, have you abandoned me? If you want my promises, if you want to walk out into the promises that I have in store for you, is your heart humble towards me? When my voice speaks through whatever path he chooses. And at times, and some of the greatest growth times we have are in times when we are in the valley. Is that not true? When you look back and when you've been faithful, full of faith in those times, like we were saying on Monday or yesterday, whenever that was. When you're full of faith in the valley, look at the dividends, look at the fruit. We are talking about on Monday about the dividends, the fruit that you'll take after you've sown. You don't know when it is. But that's because we've remained faithful. We've remained humble. We've remained, our hearts have been soft. And I thought, man, let's, Let's be a heart, people. He talks here. He searched for the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. And that's what we want. We want committed hearts. You know, we said we were talking about making this a week of craving God. You know, developing a craving in our heart. So, God, I cannot be a mighty warrior if I don't have a heart after David, just like David who's a man after God's own heart, not after God's own right arm or after God's own shield or God's own bazooka. You know, and you notice people will chase things that give them supposed power. You know, and it's a falsehood. I'll take that facet of God, the conqueror, the just judgment cometh. I like that one. And God says, how about this one, my friend? A humble heart. One that would be like my son who laid down his life. Even in the wrongdoings, he turned his other cheek. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh. Actually, have I abandoned that call to have a heart after God? Am I not seeking Him any longer? That's why I'm not finding Him in this scenario. Because I'm looking at my own way. I've tried to fix it my own self. You know, and it's a warning. From one chapter to the next, bam, like that. This was, I think, a period of about eight years he then lost everything. On his 31st year, I think it was, or 35th, something like that, in ch- chapter 15, he, he, there is a revival in his life, in his kingdom, in his family. And then a f- less than a decade later, he's aban- abandoned it all. His heart got hard. He got waylaid with success he got waylaid with fear he was obviously fearful of the war that was impending <clears throat> and fear can make us react in a manner that takes our eyes off God that abandons God is fear gripping your heart with anything today you know fear for tomorrow fear for today a fear about yourself a fear that you're not forgiven a fear that you're not believing whom God called you to be. That can take your eyes off God. A false fear about a false truth about who you are. Well, like I said, you know, before I was like this and, you know, I've never been shown or blah, 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 blah. No excuse. God just says this. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with Him. 
He is light. Darkness cannot be there. He's holy. So we enter in by seeking Him and repenting. And He says, you're welcome anytime. You can't come in with that junk. I can't be with you when you're not with me. And being with me requires your whole heart, not partial. Whenever you seek him, you'll find him. But if you abandon him, you'll abandon him. He's like, look, I'm making it clear, my friend. At that time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them to you. Remember what I've done. Remember, look back at your life when fear strikes. God has always been faithful. You'll know that. That's the power of our testimony. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen. He wants to strengthen you and I today. Amen? That's the hope, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. So let's be committed in our hearts and not in our own strength, not in our own abilities, not in our own lack of abilities. You know, so, yeah. And God is giving us today. He's exhorting us to do that today. Isn't that beautiful? His mercies are new. Great is His faithfulness. Right? His mercy is new again and again and again and again. And it's like, thank you, Lord. Because my heart abandoned you in this instant. Or my mind took over my heart. Or my heart got hard. I responded in a manner that said, I'm not with you any longer. My trust went off you and it went on my circumstance. My fear directed, the need in my life directed my prayer, directed my action in such a manner that I abandoned you. I'll come back to my first love, committed fully to you, regardless of. So let's just pray that that's our uh, war cry in the middle of the week.